Hello and welcome to the Light from Light podcast with me, Daniel, and me, Brother Thomas Therese, a Dominican friar, a son of the English <laughs> province. Welcome back, to a... <laughs> <laughs> welcome back to another episode. Cut you off there. Welcome back to another episode of Light from Light. Probably for the best you cut me off. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where you were going with that. <laughs> welcome back to another episode. Happy Easter, Brother Thomas. It's still Easter here. Christos and Esti. What does that mean? It means Christ is risen in Greek. Oh. And the reply is Alathos Anesti, which means he is truly risen. The reply? Alathos Anesti. Where does this come from? Where does this come from? It's Greek. Uh, the Orthodox, the Orthodox say it all the time. So instead of saying Happy Easter, and then you're Happy Easter, the Orthodox will say Christos Anesti. And then you reply Alathos Anesti. Alleluia. Well, so he, he is yeah. risen. And then the reply is He is truly risen. Alleluia. Oh. Yeah, That's it's cool. great. What, did they actually go around saying that? Yeah, yeah. Well, we say it as well, you know, and when we got back into the sacristy, um, the celebrant said, uh, happy Easter, brothers, and everyone said, happy Easter. And then a few brothers said, Christos Anesti, Christos Anesti, hallelujah. And then somebody else said, Alathos Anesti, hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, nice. Oh, well. well, that is very nice. Yeah. Do we have maybe, a Maybe in that? Catholic circles, it's a sort of bit of a, a niche sort of uh, Dominican thing, maybe, I don't know. But it's certainly the the uh, Orthodox, the, the Catholic Orthodox, the Greek Orthodox and things. Um, yeah, they say Christos Anesti, which is Greek, meaning Christ is, uh, Christ is risen. And you reply by saying, Alathos Anesti, he is truly risen. Alleluia. I think it is quite niche, but it's nice. It's, that's very beautiful. Yeah, that's cool, isn't it? I like it. Bit different. <laughs> anyway, what are we talking today? Well, I was just thinking, you know, we nearly called this podcast something very different. So it's called, obviously, Light from Light, but we nearly called it Secret Dixit. Dixit. Yeah, as he said. We thought Which, it was a bit uh, sort of sassy, like sassy Jesus, didn't we? The sort of hymn that it comes from, it is it is a hymn, isn't it? It's a hymn. Resurrected, Secret Dixit, Alleluia. Yeah. And yeah, that line is Resurrected, Secret Dixit. He has risen, as he said. He has risen, so as he a, said. Yeah, so it's sort yeah. of like that, Chris. Christos and Esti. It is, yeah. I, I, absolutely, it is, yeah. That's but then it's not a like. greeting. Yeah. Do we have anything like that equivalent in in Catholic circles? The equivalent to that? Uh, I suppose, I mean, you could use it as a greeting. You could do. Resurrected, secret dixit, hallelujah. Why not? He is truly risen. That's what you're saying, as he said he would. Yeah. I, I quite, What I really liked about it was like, you know, he is, he is risen, he is resurrected. As he said he would. <laughs> I, I quite like that sort of, I'm sure it's not, you know, by most people sort of, you know, read in that tone and it's certainly not sang in that tone. But I quite like the sort of, um, yeah, he has risen as he said, as if we ever doubted. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like it. Well, it's like, you know, when Jesus says in the scriptures, you know, you have heard it said, but I tell you, um, I love that. Uh, just really sort of um it, it, this is the thing because because it's a written text like i mean these things were actually spoken and said um uh, by people in real situations and and the real contexts and when people are talking who who talks in the way that most people read the scriptures they don't you know there are inflections and there's emotion and there's passion and there's yeah. meaning there yeah. and um i i'm i who knows you know how he said it uh, you know, um, but I like this sort of, I don't know, maybe I'm just being a bit playful, a bit playful with it, but I like it. You have heard it said, but I tell you, I love it. It's great. Great fun. 
there would have been emotion behind these texts, behind all the texts of the scripture. There's there's a person who's speaking it. The one that always gets me is, you know, in the mass when they say, um, with all the angels and saints, we acclaim, you know, and but there's this really long, there's a longer version where it's like, with the angels and archangels and with all the angels and saints, you know, we, we cry with one exultant cry or something like that. And then the people say, holy, 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 Lord God of hosts. And it just be and like when it's not sung, I mean, and you just sort of think this is supposed to be, you know, the great hymn of heaven that transports you to the heavenly, you know, uh, you're in the heavenly liturgy, you know, holy, 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 Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. And how do we read it most of the time at mass? Holy, 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 Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. You know, and you're like, ah, come on. <laughs> anyway. That's interesting, actually. What would make someone exult in that? Joy. Joy. <laughs> the subject of today's episode. That's a good segue. <laughs> That's what I was trying to get. <laughs> I could see it coming. Uh, yeah, so our episode for today is joy or the joy of the gospel. So this episode really came about because, well, I was talking to someone the other day and they were saying that, Oh, you Catholics are always about being gloomy and things like that. So, nah, I mean, that's to, not uh, true. What they referenced was it was Lent. You know, you, oh, you give up things during Lent, and but anyway, without without getting too much into it. So they so basically they were referring to Lent. Lent is forty days, and you know, time of well, we say time of preparation to to wait for the resurrection. But what is often missed is the point that Easter, the Easter season in the church, is fifty days. Yeah. So we have this this joy-filled period in the church where we we celebrate Easter for for such a long period to delve into the joyful mysteries of our faith. Yeah, and why is it we give things up anyway in Lent? It's to draw closer to God, right? It's about drawing closer to God, love of God and love of our neighbour. So it's actually to grow deeper and, and, and go sort of plunge deeper into the well of divine love it's not about sort of punishing yourself and being miserable it's exactly the opposite it's about growing in love and growing in charity uh for your neighbor there's a today as we're recording it's the feast of uh saint catherine of siena and i just want to read you a quote that i um a quote that i posted from catherine of siena on on social media just why you're um, searching for it i was thinking you know we we do prepare ourselves so we can experience the joy even more so that we can more tangibly recognize the resurrection of, of Christ in our, in our lives. And it is tough to give things up, right? I mean, the fasting and everything, it is tough, but it, it's for a good purpose because it's for love. It, it reminds me a little bit of what we said in our in our episode on on celibacy. Yes, it can be tough. Yes, it can be a, a true and real sacrifice. You are actually giving something up, which is good. But you're doing that also for something which is good. In a similar way, you forego the pleasure of, 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 of sensual things like food um, and things like that, where you give up something that you enjoy, like playing computer games or something, in my case. <laughs> um, and you give those things up to, to for a greater good, to grow deeper in your relationship with God and, and service of your neighbor and things. This is a quote from Catherine of Siena. I require that you should love me with that same love with which I love. This indeed you cannot do, because I loved you without being loved. All the love which you have for me, you owe to me, so that it is not of grace that you love me, but because you ought to do so. But I love you of grace, and not because I owe you my love. 
Therefore, to me in person, you cannot repay the love which I require of you, and I have placed you in the midst of your fellows, that you may do that to them that which you cannot do to me. That is to say, that you may love your neighbour of free grace without expecting anything in return from him, and what you do to him, I count it as done to me. There are a few things there that like resonate and parallel with scripture, aren't there? You know, I require that you love me with the same love with which uh, with which I love. As Jesus says, you know, at the Gospel of in the Gospel of John at the Last Supper, you know, love one another as I have loved you. So he requires of us to love each other with the love that he loves us, which is a gracious love. In Luke 14, 7 to 14, you have this um passage where somebody is invited um to a banquet where god basically says you know don't invite the great and the good to your banquet and people who can repay you and people who give you honor but those people who actually cannot repay you because that's exactly what god does to us he invites us with free gift drawing us into a deeper relationship with himself not because he can gain anything from us because he's perfect he can't he can't he doesn't need anything from us um and so then it's actually just out of the free gratuitous love, not because we can we can repay him. And of course, this ties in with Matthew 25 then. Whatsoever you do to the least of these, my brothers, that you do to me. And in this, what's called the dialogue of St. Catherine of Siena, whose feast we're celebrating today, um, when we're recording the episode anyway, this love with which God is saying that we should love is a gracious love, a love which doesn't count the cost and doesn't expect something from from somebody else it's not expecting a return it's free and gratuitous and because this is the love with which he loves us uh he reckons it to us that how we love each other in that way it's as though we do it to him and that's what he's basically saying in that in in that part of the dialogue there i can't remember the point of me telling you that now but hopefully right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I brought i brought up catherine of siena it's something to do with with wasn't it something to do with joy and love and sacrifice and and things like that and loving people and not counting the cost and uh with with the the free gift of grace so yes it can be it things can be difficult and painful when we give things up in lent but we do these things for love so it's the point there with saint catherine of siena that she she's saying that we do things for other people because we're motivated by love love that we've received from god and therefore we go out with that love to other people. That's the, that's the mm. reason why. You see this in the first letter of St. John, don't you? First letter of St. John. It's not so much that we have loved him, but that he first loved us. He first loved us. And this is the the motivation and the, and the, the driving force um, behind uh, our love and our passion and, and our joy. We know that we have been loved by God. And God's love dwells within us. You know, we become temples of the Holy Spirit. And so that love of God is supposed to shine out from us and we bring that love to other people in our very person, in our very being, and we enkindle that love in others, draw that love out of others and consecrate each other as temples of the Holy Spirit. So yeah, it's not so much that it's not so much about, you know, what we do for for God. Sometimes people think it of uh the faith and practicing the faith in terms of what we do for god but actually it's the other way around it's more what god does for us you know god first loves us and kindles within us that spark of divine charity that spark of divine love which we then uh take out to others that we're filled with this love and overwhelmed um uh with 
this goodness and this this indwelling of the divine life uh and then we love with the love with which god loves a gracious and generous love to all because he loves us into being he sustains us in that being he uh saves us and you know he, he doesn't owe anything to us we owe something to god but he doesn't owe something uh, uh, uh to us it's all free undeserved unearned unmerited gift and this is what grace means so anytime you read in scripture the word grace think free undeserved unearned unmerited gift of god and joy i mean we talk about joy today joy is something which is a free gift from god so when we speak about joy it just to make a differentiation it's so joy is more than happiness you know happiness is is something which can be very fleeting and it can very much depend on uh, this the circumstances around oneself so it very much relies on the the situation that someone finds themselves in you know we can feel happy when things are going well for us but the joy which the the bible talks about is much deeper than that um you, you have in a very interesting account in john 16 so this is at the last supper when jesus is saying to his apostles that you know he's, he's about to go out to be arrested and um he's about to be you know, tortured and put to death and he says you will you will weep and lament but the world will rejoice so in this moment the world will rejoice in the fact that mm. jesus has been put to death and you will be sorrowful but your sorrow will be turned into joy you have sorrow now but i will see you again and your heart will rejoice and your joy no one will take away from you so it's a it's a joy which is a gift that comes from outside of of the individual but it's a joy which no one can take away and i think that's because the foundation of that joy is found in the resurrection of jesus what happens at easter so it's not something that can change you know none of us can change what happens at resurrect at easter christ really is risen from the dead so it's not something that you or i can change because the joy that we have comes as uh, comes from god as a gift and it has the foundation on that resurrection it's not something that can be taken away by anyone else and what is it that jesus says in uh is it john 10 10 i might be getting that wrong uh i came that you might have life and life in all its fullness i came that your joy might be complete he came to fulfill that joy within us which is what happens you know with the resurrection um not only now do we have a promise of eternal life but we see that god brings it about uh that the divine and the human in the person of jesus christ are shown not to be in contradiction or conflict and so then we can be united to god the source of all our joy and all our happiness the reason why we were created we can be united uh, to this and and the joy that we have the hope that we have for this transcendent happiness this transcendent joy this union with with god uh, in in the divine life is achievable we it's not just that we that we have that we have this desire to which we cannot attain we now know that we can attain it because we've seen that it is attainable in the person of jesus christ god has given christ to us as a sign that the human and, and the divine can be united you know jesus is a divine person with a human so this is partly about the incarnation so jesus is a divine person with a divine nature and a human nature we are human persons with a human nature but by grace 
we become adopted children of God and we become partakers of the divine nature, which you read, I think, in one of the letters of, of St. Peter. I forget which. Is it 1 Peter or 2 Peter, one of them? We become partakers of the divine nature. So then we are united uh, with God. It's not just that we have the capacity to know and to love God. It's that this is uh, uh, able, to, this desire that we have is able to be fulfilled. And we see this fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And the resurrection then goes beyond this and shows how this is something which is achievable for eternity. It's not just that, um, uh, that you know, death is the end. You know, there is something more and we see this in, in the person of Jesus Christ. And it's not just that we're saved from something. We're not just saved from sin and death. And th so when we talk about, you know, uh, God's love on the cross being made manifest and, you know, this is done to reconcile us uh, with the Father and to uh, for, for the forgiveness of sins. And this is why the Holy Spirit is is sent into the world for the forgiveness of sins. It's not only about forgiving sin and, you know, conquering death it's that we're saved for something we're saved for a new life in the resurrection but we have a choice to make we can either accept and participate with this with this uh uh love of god and participate uh in in the divine nature or we can choose not to so we will be resurrected all of us at the end of time both the righteous and the unrighteous, we will all be resurrected, but resurrected for what? Resurrected for participation in the divine life? Or do we reject that participation in the divine life? But nevertheless, death is not the end. Where, O oh, death, is thy sting? Where thy victory? Um, we have the resurrection. And this again, yeah, yeah, you're quite right, is the cause of our joy. Uh, that these hopes that we have for eternal life, this new life, whereby every tear is wiped away from our eye uh, and the fulfillment of our hopes and dreams, uh, the, the most transcendent, the greatest, highest hopes and dreams and aspirations of the human person are made possible. And God reveals that this is possible and shows these actively bringing it about in Christ. Brilliant. It's brilliant. I was just This is a cause of the joy. No, no, I was just I was just listening thinking, gosh, this brilliant. This is brilliant. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized I've just like gone on and on and on and on. There's well there's something else actually to talk about in terms of the Holy Spirit, right? Because joy is also a gift of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? You know, well, a fruit of the Holy Spirit. You have love, joy, peace, and kindness, patience, goodness, fidelity or faithfulness gentleness and self-control and these are all fruits of the holy spirit signs of the holy spirit indwelling in your life they're infallible signs of, of god's presence and so then we should crave them and we should we should we should chase them and we should avoid those things which do not bring about these fruits in our life right or the things which take away those or get in the way get in the way that's probably a good way of explaining it yeah how many times do you hear somebody say something that's really harsh and, and say something in a really, you know, a very stark way um, and they sort of justify themselves by saying, oh, well, it's true. So, you know, really, the problem is you, not me. It's true. But actually, truth 
isn't the only criterion, is it? Truth isn't enough. St. Paul says, you know, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels but have not love, I'm, I'm basically like nothing. If I, if I have all the knowledge in the world and have faith to move mountains but have not love, I'm just, you know, making noise. I'm like a, a, a clanging gong or a resounding cymbal. I'm nothing without charity. We should always be able to see those those fruits of the Holy Spirit. Charity, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know, you should always be able to see those things. And avoiding that hatred, bitterness, and rashness, meanness, uh, you know, bitchiness, suspicion. Suspicion, pessimism, condescension, these are not gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know, you don't read you don't read that they are gifts of the Holy Spirit anywhere. They're not signs of the divine, uh, the divine indwelling, you know. Um, so, yeah, I would sort of maybe sort of exhort people to pursue those those gifts uh, where they find them and try to avoid things that do not encourage those gifts. And when we are trying to bring people to the faith or we're talking about the truth, it's important that people see those signs, those fruits of the Holy Spirit in how we conduct our in how we conduct our 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 business, right? How we conduct ourselves um, as people who want to unite others to God. If you're if you're trying to, you know, in scripture it says, take the scroll and eat. Um if we want people to consume the scroll, consume the word of God, well then maybe we should serve it with a side of fruit, you know, those fruits of the Holy Spirit, love and joy and gentleness, self-control. Nobody wants to join something which appears to be miserable and complaining and moaning all the time, do they? You know, I don't. <laughs> um, but when you have somebody who's gentle and look, look at how Jesus like operates with sinners, right? He goes and he eats with them. He talks with them. Look at the, the woman who's caught in adultery, for example. Um, he's gentle. He is gentle with her. Um, so, And he's also, I would say, gentle with the people who were, who were accusing her as well. He exudes in that moment gentleness and patience. So we should conduct ourselves as God conducts himself. God does not compel us in our in our salvation you know he draws us to himself in a way that does not do violence to our freedom that does not do violence to our rationality and to our reason instead he draws uh, us in a in a sort of participatory uh in a participatory fashion so yeah i would say that when we're conducting ourselves um, particularly when we want to talk about the faith when we want to uh, evangelize others and, and spread the faith we should do so in a way whereby other people can see the fruits of the holy spirit on our life that they can see the indwelling of the divine presence that they can see that we are temples of the holy spirit and they see that when we're loving joyful peaceful patient kind good faithful is an important one faithful gentle and uh when we exercise uh, self-control so yeah that's um, another thing to say about say about joy it's something which draws other people to God and if you do have that great gift of joy it's one of those things like don't use it for to build up yourself you're given that gift to build up other people 
and to build up the church and to draw them closer to Christ and to to his truth, you know? And the opposite of that is to be avoided. It reminds me of St. Ignatius of Loyola. He said it's characteristic of the evil spirit to harass people with anxiety, to afflict people with sadness, to raise obstacles backed by uh, fallacious reasonings that disturb the soul. It doesn't mean that there won't be times in our spiritual life when we're sad or that we grieve. There are times when we should grieve and there are times to be sad. Um, but yeah, it, this is more talking about acts of the will uh, rather than um, emotional states or anything. Yeah. You know, as you, you were talking there about the fruits of the Holy Spirit, I was thinking about you're doing this weekend. I think today you're traveling up to Liverpool for a celebration for Chris, Christine. I am indeed. So, Tell, tell the listeners, who is Christine? Christine is a very old friend who's known me, I think, since I was born. Um, she is the sacristan at my parish back home uh, on the Wirral. Uh, and she is a lady who exudes joy. Yeah, that's why I brought her up. So I think I think that's a very good example of someone who attracts people to Christ because of joy, because of one of those, those fruits. I, I've only met her mm. maybe a couple of times, may, maybe three times, but... That's something that has struck me is her is is her joy. I mean, she's always she's always telling jokes, yeah. isn't she? And it makes she her a the, great friend. She was the know? the center of the party when when you took your solemn vows last year. You know, she was, she, and and but in that she she was using it for others. She was using the joy for others. So she was reaching out to others, and drawing them into the conversation, and in a way drawing them into unity with God, and obviously she's she's been a sacristan for 25 years so that's one way that she's used these fruits for other people look at that that service right and in that time she has displayed patience and love and joy and gentleness she and must kindness. have displayed them having to know you <laughs> you're not wrong you're not wrong no she she's she's really wonderful and i'm really glad that i'm able to celebrate this uh 25th anniversary uh with her when 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 i go back but yeah, no, she is somebody who, who exudes joy in every aspect of her life. And she's very, um, yeah, she brings a lot of joy to others. Yeah. Yeah, because joy, joy attracts people. I mean, you, you mentioned there about mm. eating the word of eating the word of God. Uh, well, we can attract people to the word of God. We can attract people to, to faith with joy. Joy does yeah. attract people. You think of who do you want to spend your free time with? Well, your friends, because they bring joy to your life god brings yeah. joy to your life through them i think that's that's a, a very good point if we want to reach out to other people in our in our work as faithful christians we want to do it with joy we want to reach out with those fruits of the holy spirit and this is you know remember that the gospel is good news right if the gospel is good news well then we should it should be something which uh uh, brings about joy in our life and in, in in the in the life of others. So, Brother Thomas, let me ask you: How can we increase the fruits of the Holy Spirit in our life, especially joy? How can we be more joyful? Well, I would say there are some things that you can do positively, as in things actively to do, and there are some things that you you can avoid. Right. So, avoid those things that you notice. Don't um, encourage those gifts and fruits uh, of the holy spirit so if you consume uh, lots of content that makes you impatient and angry and um unjoyful 
and I would and or even ungentle with others then or, or unmerciful with others then I would say avoid that sort of content where possible other things that you can do sort of actively you know reflect and meditate upon the great things that God has done to you and done for you read scriptures you know read the gospel of mark the shortest gospel and read the great things that god has done for you that god became a human person for you that god uh you know has loved you into being he sustains you in being he uh, sacrifices uh himself for you on the cross and that he rises from the dead for you uh he gives you a teaching in a church uh he gives you uh great gifts reflect on the good things that god has done for you you know think of mary uh in the magnificat um maybe take maybe go to the gospel of luke go to uh, mary's song in the magnificat when she's when she meets elizabeth and just meditatively read the magnificat and make that song your own he has done great things for me he has raised the lowly holy is his name and think again about what he calls you to he calls you to a new life with him he calls you to happiness he calls you to glory he wants to share his life with you that's what it means to become a partaker in the divine nature it means to be drawn into that interrelation of love between the father the son and the holy spirit that's what he wants to share with you he wants to share his divine life this god who is love he wants to share this love with you so think about that think about um that he has redeemed you uh, for a good and a new life uh, reflect maybe on the resurrection uh, the the cause of our joy that your greatest hopes and aspirations can be achieved um, and I would say another important way in which we can um, grow in joy is actually by practicing the corporal and the spiritual works of mercy um, I would say that helping others and serving others is something which causes joy within us because it stops us from becoming self-centered it means that we are orientated or ordered towards directed towards others um, which is what we're created for we're not called just to love ourselves we're called to love others to go out to participate in god's divine mission and god's divine love we're called to love other people and this is something I think which brings about a tremendous joy. You see it in Lords, you know, when people are serving the sick. It's something which at first people can can make people feel very uncomfortable because you're dealing with somebody else's suffering. Um, you might actually feel like you don't know what to say to somebody else who's suffering so so grievously. But actually by helping them in some way, by just spending time with them. Um, by exercising the corporal and spiritual works of mercy um, actually you do start to those barriers are taken away those barriers are taken away yeah and that brings a tremendous amount of joy so that's what i would say i would say realize that your life is not just about you that the great gifts that you've been given are for the service of other people and go and find opportunities to serve other people and your joy will grow uh, grow in your faith uh, maybe even read uh, Evangelii Gaudium you know the apostolic exhortation of Pope Francis it means the joy of the gospel you can find it online 
um, and read the Gospels and learn the great things that God has has done for you. You know, that's what I would suggest. So there's something there which is contemplative and meditative, reading Scripture and the great things that God has done for us. Uh, there's something there which engages in the in the tradition of the church in in, in that as well. Um, we can also then read Evangelii Gaudium, the joy of the gospel, um, uh, and we can have something which is not um, just meditative and contemplative, but something which is also active in the form of the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. Uh, maybe you want to start a Bible study group at your church or something, or maybe you, you haven't been to church in a long time and you want to reconnect with your community. Go back to church and look for opportunities uh, and ways in which you can you can get involved, you know. Yeah, that that's what I'd maybe suggest to help and grow in joy. And appreciate your friends, you know, look around you and acknowledge the good things that you currently have in your life. A lot of us may have things that we're struggling with. We may have a lot of difficulties and a lot of problems. We may have a lot of painful situations or you know painful experiences that are either in our in our past or in our present but there will also be good things too and try and identify what those good things are try and identify those people who who draw out that joy from you it, do, it doesn't mean you know abandon people who you find difficult but if there is you know particularly online any sort of content which doesn't bring about or elicit those fruits of the holy spirit from within you i'd say maybe think about cutting back on that a bit hodgepodge of advice there that's all sort of jumbled up and mixed up but hopefully it'll be helpful to someone in some way well thank you very much for joining us for this episode we'll be back very soon with another episode please like and comment and subscribe on the episode and share it with other people if you think they find it helpful thank you very much god bless god bless